Life support is nominal. The oxygen danger indicator level is yellow. Please remember that this is a non-smoking pirate ship. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to GameIndustry.com's The Gin Lounge. I'm John Breeden, your Chief Lounge Lizard, and your host for this episode of the show. Last week, we talked about the reasons why we don't like games, and today we're going to be talking about the reasons why we keep on playing and playing and playing and playing and playing. Uh, joining me as last week is uh, Marie. Marie, welcome to the lounge again today. Oh, thanks. It's good to be here. I'm glad that over the last week you didn't run into so many of those bad things we talked about <laughs> last week that you stopped gaming all Yeah, somehow that didn't happen. <laughs> I think one of the reasons is because there's this counterbalancing force to all the bad stuff called the good oh, stuff. Yes. And these are the reasons why you and me and many, many other people in the world are addicted to these 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 silly video games. Um, so we're going to talk about a couple of them today, um, and we're going to do, like we did last week, we'll go from five to one, um, except for I'm going to let you start. So what's your number five? My number five is what I like to refer to as success treats. You know, Ooh. you kill somebody, you loot the body, and you get goodies. I love the goodies. <laughs> um, and I like, you know, I love, like, in, in Oblivion or Skyrim or one of those games where you um, you kill the boss and you're like, oh, is this, do I get great armor out of this? Is it enchanted? What's enchanted with? What's the sword do? You know, I just, I love that. I love that. And of course, I know that psychologically games are deliberately designed to do that for me. And, and they are, and I appreciate it. So, oh, yeah, um, yeah. and you know, then there's also games like even in Mass Effect, I used to like to mine in Mass Effect 2, you know, when you go to the planets <laughs> and mine the planets. I used to like to do that because it was like, oh, will I find element zero? Will I, <laughs> I, I'm just geeky that way and it makes me happy. No, I think I think that good developers understand that, and and they do that. Uh, like Diablo three, I'm I'm playing it, and every single time you open a chest or you um or you look loot a body, the gold flies up into the air, and the items fly up into the air like a little fountain, and it goes it goes ding 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 ding, and you're like you you get a tiny little element of happiness, like oh I got gold I got gold, and I've been out to Vegas quite a lot, and it's the exact same thing the casinos do. When you stand at the front of a casino, that's all you freaking hear is those little goody tones all over the place, you know? And it it makes people happy, and it makes people sit there for forever. So, yeah, goody, goody treats are cool in games. And I think a lot of the casual games really exploit that, Oh, too. yeah. I mean – Oh, yeah. The <laughs> iOS games love to give you little treats and little treat sounds and – you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the the angry birds always go yay when you <laughs> yeah exactly so that's that's a that's a good one um my my number five is sort of like that but a little is um the uh, the soundtracks in the games um so but I don't just mean like the, the I mean most games have sound I like where the soundtrack is actually like a reason for coming to the game um. A good a good example again would be like Skyrim where they had their barbarian choir and so forth. But the the best example that I can remember, um, and and Shella uh, actually mentioned this, I believe in her review of the game was Red Dead Redemption, where the first time you get to Mexico, you've always heard this soundtrack in the background, but the first time you get to Mexico, you there's actually a song, you actually hear it, 
and and it's somebody singing and it's real epic and you you know you've got these beautiful red dunes in the background and, and buttes and mesas and stuff and it, it's it's like wow I really I made it to Mexico and this is my theme song and it was really cool so I really like when they do that and I understand that not every company can do that um, because you know it costs money to hire an artist to actually make a song for you and sure. stuff but I really I really like when the when the soundtracks um when the soundtracks uh, are, are a reason for a reason for showing yeah, up. I have so to thank that, you to the companies. That, that same thing I, I would have to give to Zelda, especially Twilight Princess. Uh-huh. I actually bought the soundtrack for Twilight Princess. It's so beautiful, you know, and it's mm-hmm. so um, like you said, epic. There, when the music swells, when something great's happening, and it's it's really it's fantastic. And then um, the other one that was a more recent one, and this game was for kids, but um, Skylanders has a fantastic soundtrack. Oh wow! I have a I have a CD changer that was a, it's a 300 disc CD changer. It's uh, something that uh, people used to have before iPods, <laughs> <laughs> but it is filled with about a hundred a um, hundred of the 300 slots are filled with game soundtracks. So I agree with you. Yeah, I mean it's, some of them are just they're amazing. So I have to transfer that into some sort of an electronic format at some point, I guess. But um, so, what's your uh, what's your number four? Though? My number four, uh, which... I listed as memorable characters. Oh, that's neat. I like that. I think a lot of people probably really like their characters. Now, for you, is the memorable character is it is it more often something that you create, like like in Mass Effect, where you become your version of Commander Shepard, or is it more like here is a really cool character that has been created for you that you become? Um, in my case, um, it's it's most often that I become attached to my characters that I create in an RPG. Um, mm-hmm. but having said that, there are there are characters I really am attached to. Like, for instance, by the time I was done playing Twilight Princess, I was very attached to Link in a way that I was not attached to him in previous versions of that game. Um, really? Now, I have not played the new Zelda game. I know, I know. Seems like <laughs> blasphemy. But um, I... So I can't speak to the new one. But Twilight Princess I thought was fantastic, and, and I was very attached to Link in that. Um Obviously, my version of Shepard I was very attached to, but I was also attached to other members of the crew. Like, I really liked Joker. I really liked the um, the attendant, you know, that that you could ask about what was going oh, on. The- I can't remember her name. But I liked right, her. Right, right. I liked the doctor you could go down and have a drink with and talk about the old days. <laughs> I mean, the <clears throat> the even the chef guy in there, it, it, he's so happy when you get him a couple of decent ingredients, and he's so grateful, you know, and he's <laughs> trying to make morale better. And, and when I play Shep, I always play I, – I lean toward the Paragon with the occasional Renegade, and I – you know, I really – I wanted to make that guy happy. I, I wanted to improve morale on the ship. I wanted there to be better food. I was never going to eat it, but I wanted it to be there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that kind of memorable characterization, not not just giving me the ability to make a memorable character, but but having memorable characters around you. Right, no, I I totally understand. Um, that sort of ties into my number four a little bit because I I have uh, games with a good community, um, and of course the people that are around me are like re- other real people in most <laughs> cases. Uh, 
but uh, I've played games for far longer than I should have just because I enjoy the community and I like the people that are there. Uh, a perfect example is uh, Stronghold Kingdoms, which is an online game where you build castles and stuff. It's a good game, but I kind of got bored with it about two months ago. Um, however, I was still playing it last night. Not so much because I really have fun with the game anymore, but because... I've gotten to a point where I'm sort of a leader in the community there. I have, I have a, I run a faction, I run a parish, you know, and I, and I help my house fight another house and, and so forth. So I've slowly been giving my villages away and giving up that authority, uh, and so forth. But, you know, I, I will, I will keep playing a game because I feel like, um, I like the people that I'm playing with or uh, I feel responsible to them in some way. So, so you know, I, I like games that are able to create that community. And I, I really don't know if developers can do anything to make that community. I mean, they can make it easy for us to talk to each other and stuff like that, but sometimes it's just it's hit or miss. I mean, I mean, you, you played Warflow with me for a long time, and we had a really thriving community on that, and that game really wasn't designed to let you have a community, but we sort of had one anyway. Right, but I think the advantage that we had in Warflow was that we came in with a group of people. You know, mm-hmm. we, we brought our own people with us, and then other people from the server added into a community that we already had established because we came in having known each other in real life. Um, And so I think when you've got a game like Warflow that isn't really super friendly for communicating with each other, um, it helps to come in with sort of a core group and then allow people to add on. Right, right. That definitely true. Definitely true. Because we were the cool people. Everyone wanted to be with us. What's funny about Warflow (laughs) is that, um, and, and this is the problem, is that the problem with online games is if you get a large group of people who are kind of run by a jerk, um, everybody else who wants to play and enjoys playing doesn't really have a comfortable place to go. And I think in that case, on that particular server, we provided a comfortable place to go. Right, because the Legion that was in charge were run by a bunch of, like, 14-year-old Right, who were jerks. being jerks, right. Yeah, so and then so we were like, you know what? We're an alternate legion, and we're not jerks. Right, exactly. So if you if you want to be a jerk, go there. If you want to be anybody else, come hang right. with us. And then we did get a pretty big community going, so that was yeah. kind of neat. Um, so then uh, let's see. Yeah, I remember. And then the big legion came to us and was like, you know, uh, we should join forces. You know, because they were getting pissed because we were taking too many players. And I remember my response to them: That's fine. We can do that. You guys disband your legion, and you can join <laughs> <Yeah>. us. <laughs> didn't go over mm-hmm. so well but uh so uh what's your uh what's your number three my number three is fantastic graphics oh okay so the eye candy. yes i do love eye candy and it's funny because i will play a game with good eye candy um longer than it probably deserves to be played <laughs> um so bad play you can muscle through but if, if the eye candy yeah <laughs> i mean if it's really really beautiful actually in some ways that that has saved me on some of the Final Fantasy games that I I don't really enjoy the way I don't particularly enjoy turn based RPGs and those incredibly long cutscenes get on my nerves. But they are really beautiful games. I actually would prefer to watch somebody else play Final Fantasy. I would actually also prefer. You know, it's funny because my husband and I both play, and I mostly play on the PS3, and he mostly plays on the Xbox. Um, but there are games that I enjoy watching him play more than I enjoy playing them. Like, um, I think I brought this up last week, the Uncharted games. 
mm-hmm. I don't really particularly want to play Uncharted. It's it's a little bit on rails for me. I I feel like a game that beautiful ought to be um I don't know open world or something. <laughs> I just I want mm-hmm. I want more wander around time in that game than it gives me. Um, but I really enjoyed watching him play it because watching him play it was just like you know watching a movie kind of. Right. No, I understand. I can't stand watching another person play a game because uh, I just want to play. Controlling. <laughs> well, I just, I just like, yeah, that looks really cool. You know, it'd be more cool if I was playing. Well, it's game. funny because when my husband plays the game, it's often me playing too because he's a big fan of baby, baby. What do I do here, babe? Do you see that guy? Who's shooting me? Hey, uh, hey, who's shooting me? There, there was somebody who used to work for us um, who uh, who played with their wife. They played Fallout with their wife, of all things. And here was the thing. Her wife hated combat but really liked exploring. So she would wander around the wasteland, and then whenever combat started, she would hand it to him, and he would do the combat, and then he would hand it back that's to her. That's beautiful. <laughs> See, that's a good I, marriage. Yeah. That would annoy the hell out of me. I couldn't play it that way, but I don't mind sort of backseat gaming with him, which is funny because I don't like him doing that to me. Right, right. But he will say to me, who's shooting me? Who's shooting me? Where is that coming from? You know, and and so he sees it as like an extension of his play to have me look around with him. I see it (laughs) as him, you know, stepping in on my game. So it's really funny (laughs) how we, we... we play that. But yeah, there are games that I'm perfectly happy to watch him play. Well, I like how you described at the beginning the, the 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 you know, if it's beautiful, you'll you'll stick with it even if it's a little annoying and I'm thinking, you know, that's how most people describe relationships. It's like, you know, <laughs> that girl, she's so annoying, but man, if she wasn't so hot, I would break up with her in a second. <laughs> that's funny. So, you know, people like I can't well, handle things. That's Not true. It's true. Uh, for me, number three, and you sort of mentioned it slightly, uh, was I, I enjoy open worlds. And I, I like um, a- any game – like you take a lukewarm game like Infamous. Infamous was not the greatest game in the world. But it was kind of neat because it was open world and you could you could fly around the city um, eventually when you got enough power. And, you know, you could explore the subways and things like that. And I just – I thought it made it for uh, – occasionally it put you on rails – but I liked it because it was an open world and I felt like I was part of the city. And, you know, sometimes when I got tired of fighting the endless monsters that were there, I would be like, you know what? I'm going to go back to my rooftop hotel. And I know where it is in the city and I know all the side streets to get there and stuff. And it was kind of neat. You know, you feel like you're going back to your house, right. you know. Um, of course, most of the Oblivion games are like that. Um, Grand Theft Auto, you know, Grand Theft Auto is probably my favorite series of all time of, of any games, um, except for may- maybe Hitman, um, maybe slightly better. But, but you know, the reason I like GTA is because if I want to, you know, I'll just hop in my freaking car and put a cool tune on the stereo and drive really fast around the city, you know. It's, it's just kind of neat. And I, I don't – there are a lot of games that are really fun – but they they put you more or less on rails. Like The Witcher is a good example of that, where it's like it's not really an open world. You're sort of stuck within the little confines that they define for you. And I just you know I just wish it could be so much better if there was just you just had more freedom. So so I like the open world games, and I will play an open world game uh, probably longer than I should, um, even if it's not the greatest game in the world, just because of having that freedom to do right. so. Right. No, I I agree. I really like an open world, although. The semi, like I, I like to call them semi open worlds, uh, like in Fable or, um, what, what's the, Reckoning? 
The new one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rex a good one, right? Where it's sort of like your open world, but your open world within a within, within like a, a map or like map. A Dragon Age is the same kind of thing where you mm-hmm. you have some freedom to to wander off, but then you you it doesn't have that completely open feel that something like an Elder Scrolls game has. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I can see that. That's that's pretty cool. Okay, yeah, just like I like open worlds, but I always get a little, I get a little smile when I'm like, oh, well, I can actually do anything, you know. <laughs> yes, I know. Yes, I know. I'm supposed to go talk to you, but you know, I'm I'm gonna go over here and check out this graffiti on this wall instead, just for the hell of it, because it looks neat. Um, all right. Uh, so what's your number two? Amazing stories. Ah, uh, probably the hardest thing for somebody in the gaming world to achieve. And I think because it's it's relatively a new medium. It's certainly newer than novels. It's certainly newer than painting. It's, you know, it's 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 you know, the I think it's the ultimate art and I think we've done some shows on it's not easy for a developer to tell a story well through a video game. Well, it's because it's it's it gives the the player so much control over the story. That right. it's really hard to, um, it's really hard to put all that together. And I think that the, the games that do it best, you know, like Mass Effect 2, I thought was brilliant storytelling. You know, Loved it opens it. with the, with you dying, you know, and. <laughs> yeah, and everybody's like, wow, this game's gonna be short. <laughs> right, exactly. And, um, you know, so you have this sort of rebirth and, and, um, this whole Lazarus theme going and, I mean, that's, that was an amazing, that was an amazing game. Um, even something like Fable, or Fable 2, incredibly complicated game. Silly and funny, and, you know, just entertaining as it can be, but then with these incredibly dark parts. You know, like with the first time you get hauled away to that tower, and, you know, you're there for years, and, you know, I, that's that's great storytelling. The Elder Scrolls, where you have all these different kinds of stories, you know, and and you can have these really intense, you know, serious things that make you think like in in uh, uh, Skyrim, you know, really trying to choose between the Empire and the Stormcloaks and putting that in the context of of the current you know political situation, you know, pick a country. Yeah, or the, or the, or like Dragon Age, where each one of your companions has a pretty elaborate backstory that you can choose to help them out with and things like that. I Um, love that. Knights of the Old Republic, of course, did the same type of thing. Yeah, so, very, very nice. Um, uh, hard to, hard to, hard to achieve, but really, really good when, when it Mm -hmm. happens. Um, so my number two, um, I know you had mentioned eye candy. My number two is actually graphics, but it's graphics in a certain it's a, graphics in a certain way. I don't necessarily need the amazing, amazing eye candy. When I when I say graphics, I I like to see a world that's internally consistent that makes sense that I can lose myself in. So that that might mean. Like Shella is so happy to mention all the time, that might mean rust on the side of a toilet because it's supposed to be there, right. you know, and oh, I want to see that. And I think one of the best games that I can bring up as an example of that is um, the the Bioshock game. Bioshock was really cool because it was an underwater world. So 
you know, it's just the way the graphics were, you always kind of felt like you're, okay, you're in a sort of humid environment, you know, and, and it's, you know, it's underwater and it, you always kind of felt the pressure of the, of the sea pushing down on you. I don't know how they did it, but you just always felt like you were there and the world was, was the way it was. And, you know, it was, you, you could open your eyes anywhere and know immediately what game you were playing, even if you were only looking at like, a little square of wall or something like that. It just, just seemed like everything was together. So I like games that are, um, that are graphically consistent and, and neat looking. So, and a lot of times that means, a lot of times that probably means a darker game because it's easier to, you know, to put spooky elements together and things like that than it is to sort of make a happy world. But a lot of the stuff that you've talked about, like Fable and stuff, Fable is pretty consistent mm-hmm. with the way the graphics look and the way the world yep. looks and, and, and so, you know, it doesn't have to be, and Fable doesn't have the, the best graphics as far as realistic. I mean, they're, they're sort of cartoony, hand-drawn type things, but, you know, I mean, even something like World of Warcraft, you know, can, can, can achieve that just by having, uh, you know, graphics that are good and internally consistent to the game. Yeah, I agree. I think so, that's very yeah. important. So that's my that's my number two. So what's your number one? I'm surprised uh, you brought storytelling up as well, two. Well, <laughs> number one is more esoteric, and it's and it actually ties into what you just said about internally consistent. And I okay. I don't know a better way to say this, but it it's real feel, like like you are completely immersed in the game. And hmm. I'm gonna age myself a little bit here. Um, the first time I remember feeling that was with a LucasArts game, seriously back in the day, called The Dig. Oh, I remember The Dig. Oh, I, in fact, one of the soundtracks that I have in my giant changer over there is a soundtrack from The Dig. Wow. You have the soundtrack of The Dig? I so want a copy of that. Uh, well, yeah, well, that would be a violation of copyright, but I would be happy to do that for you. <laughs> Even if you could send me a link to purchase it. Is that still available? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but it has a great soundtrack, that's for sure. Well, that's amazing. But, yeah, that game, I was so immersed in that game that literally I played it almost, you know, all night one night. And my husband comes downstairs and he's like, what are you doing? And I had no idea how much time had passed. I mean, I was just completely engrossed. And, you know, I've, I've had that experience in Oblivion. I had that experience in Mist. Do you remember Mist back in the day? That game, do you remember that game? It was amazing. And, and so convoluted and complex puzzles and, you know, trying to put it all together. And, you know, just on the verge of being frustrated in Mist, you would, you would get another critical piece of information, you know? <laughs> and so it was kind of like reading a great book where like the, the chapter close makes you want to go to the next chapter. You're like, Oh, well I'm just going to read to the end of the chapter. No. Oh God, I got to see it. You know? <laughs> so it's <laughs> games like that games that are so immersive, you know, I mean, I've made this joke about oblivion um, and I'm, I'm about, there with Skyrim, I can almost make this joke about Skyrim, is that, you know, I knew Cyrodiil better than I knew my own neighborhood. <laughs> That's funny. And you knew your neighbors in Cyrodiil probably better than you knew well, your you neighbors. Well, you know, it's funny because I do know my neighbors. <laughs> I have lived in this neighborhood for a long time, and I mean, I do know where stuff is. But you could put me anywhere in Oblivion 
you know, you could just take the character anywhere and then bring me into the room and I can tell you where they are. And it's funny <laughs> because a friend of mine plays um, the Elder Scrolls games as well, but she doesn't play them quite as uh, vociferously as I do. <laughs> and mm-hmm. sometimes she calls me from Maine and is like, okay, I can't figure out what to do. And I'll be like, oh. Oh, I know where you are. Okay, yeah. So you go, just go down to the end where it forks and you go to the left, <laughs> you know. And that is not something um that I have. I mean, I'm not one of those people who, you know, like I have a friend who can remember somewhere his parents drove him when he was five, how to get there. You know, <laughs> I mean, I'm not that person in real life. But there are games that make me feel that way. Yeah, you know, yeah. and and that sort of sense of ownership, like, you know, I feel like I have lived in Cyrodiil, like I have lived in Falls Church and I have lived in, you know, Virginia. And I, you know, I I feel like that is a place that I have lived. Oh, that's really cool. That's so my number the, one. I, I could definitely I could definitely see that. Um, And especially for that for that game. Um. For me, my number one was your number two, and that's that storytelling. I mean, storytelling, again, I mean, maybe because I'm a writer by trade, but I just, I really, really appreciate a good story. I mean, there are games, like role-playing games, there was one called Arx Fatalis um, that was just not that great of a role-playing game. It had some neat little elements, but the story was really cool. So, I mean, I played it all the way through. Just because I wanted to know, uh, you know, what happened to the characters. Um, so, so, you know, I, I enjoy a good story. I was enthralled, completely enthralled when, um, when Heavy Rain came out. And Heavy Rain was like, oh my god, this is like an interactive novel, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, you know, the fact that it had some Hitchcock-like twists in the story didn't hurt. I mean, you know, there's the one big twist, which, you know, I won't mention in case somebody hasn't played, but, um, I've seen other people that play that game that when they get to that twist and they realize what is happening and what has been happening the whole time in the game, they just – I've seen people put their controller down and just walk away because their mind is just blown. <laughs> they can't – they're like, you know, I, I'm going to need some time before I go back and play. So, I mean, that's pretty that's pretty amazing, and that doesn't, that doesn't come up too often. I think uh, – the most recent thing is uh, Telltale's the the Walking Dead game. Um, that game um, that has some of the best storytelling I've ever seen. I mean, that was uh, our reviewer. I think put it correctly. He said it was the most intense, morally ambiguous three hours of my life playing the first episode of that game. And it and it's like that. I mean, you have to make some seriously hardcore decisions about like, who's going to live and who's going to die, and if you're going to lie to people or you're going to try to be truthful and and, you know, a lot of times based on that world, being truthful is not the way to go. <laughs> Let me just tell you, you know, it's 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 often good to lie. Um, it's a skill that you might want to have. So it's, you know, it's really an interesting it's really an interesting game. And so, you know, I appreciate I appreciate good storytelling. Well, I like that because you can, you know, like I can remember having a conversation about that Stormcloak uh, versus Empire conversation <laughs> over breakfast one morning with my husband Um you know, from completely different points of view. Mm-hmm, and when mm-hmm. you've got a story that's so good, you can sit down and argue about it. That's <laughs> that's great storytelling. You can also be a mediator, by the way. You don't have to pick one side or the other. Yeah, but where's the fun in that? 
I don't know. Well, I I play an Argonian. I'm like I don't really well, care. Well, no, I do have. I actually have um my first character. I choose to I chose to make factionless. He was just hmm. like yeah no. So I basically just go around and do Daedric quests with him. Right, right, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, do all the evil quests, that's cool. Um, so that's Dean. Um, yeah, yeah, I have my character, you know, that's weird, maybe factionless characters are more prone to be evil, cause, you know, mine, mine is evil, and he, he enjoys torturing people in the, uh, Brotherhood's torture chamber there, so, um, yeah, interesting, interesting. Uh, so let's see, uh, so storytelling, that was my number one, it was your number two, um, graphics were up there, you know, all, all good stuff, so let's hope, um, you know, that's that's the kind of thing that's going to be highlighted uh, at E3. Yeah, that'd be great. New new stuff coming up. Um, let's see. Uh, let us know, guys, what you what your uh, best uh, things are. Why you keep playing games. Um, I Maybe we didn't cover the one that is your number one. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, our email address is genealogicgameindustry.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Facebook slash Game Industry and... Uh, on Google Plus, and where the Gin Lounge is our Twitter feed, which is highly active now, right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot going on on Twitter. We're on YouTube, we're on Pinterest, we're on everything. <laughs> I, I, don't, I forget all the I know, it's hard to rattle them all off. I'm like, uh, yeah, we're everywhere, we're everywhere. <laughs> I'll have to make a little boilerplate. Read this at the end of every show. Um, but you can pretty much find us anywhere. But the best place to find us is GameIndustry.com, and you can get to all the other places from there. Yep. <laughs> so. All right. Well, uh, thanks, Marie. Appreciate you uh, coming into the lounge today. And I assume maybe we'll uh, – I don't know what the next show is going to be, but we'll probably be talking about all the stuff that is happening at E3 and that did happen at E3. So we'll, we'll go Sounds from there. All right, uh, see you next week. Uh, Take care, everybody.